Mama! He did it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another special, special, special rendition of the Mommy Did It podcast. I'm your boy, Jay Lick, and she... Your girl, Jess, a.k.a. R.Lean. That's my middle name. Don't call me that, because you don't know me. You don't know her. What's going on, Jessica? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Man, yeah. guys, if this is your... I'm, I'm actually doing great. I'm doing great. We got we got something special in store for the guys and gals of the Mom He Did It crew. Uh, first and foremost, thank you all for attending. It's your first episode. Uh, thank you for coming. You've been missing out. We 37 men. God dang. But we appreciate you for t- attending. Come on. The arms are open for all the babies in the church to come up forward. Uh, we appreciate you coming. Make sure you do all the things that below in the description. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, Follow us on all social medias at Mommy Did It Podcast or at Mommy He Did It on Twitter and Mommy He Did It on Instagram. Make sure you go leave us five stars on Apple Play, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify or Pandora or wherever the heck you get your podcast. Uh, but we be here every week. Every episode drops Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. That'll be Wednesdays, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Eastern. Eastern Standard Time. And... Uh, Just 7 a.m. <laughs> uh, 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 California time, Western Standard Time. All right, I don't think that's the time, so them folks got young. That's Pacific, Pacific, yeah. I'm saying that's how this Western Pacific Standard Time, Mountain Time. I really don't know, yeah. I don't anyway, know y'all for real. Shout out to everybody in the mountains, but anyway, man, we have a special, special podcast remake all right so did we reimagine the podcast man we done set this thing up so special you guys gonna love how we do this this is how we rocking that from here forward so if you don't like it you can unfollow me but you're gonna love it because i know you're gonna love it but anyway first and foremost we're just gonna go step by step jessica you in control today i'm gonna let jessica control control of what I thought you was going to go control the stuff. Oh. She was a slow, y'all. She done got rebooted. She don't know what her job is. She don't even know what her role is, everybody. But anyway, let's get straight okay. into Okay. There you go. Boom. Mm. Answer the question. Why you pressed is the first segment of what's got me pressed, everybody. Let's listen up. Listen up. Everybody under the sound of my voice, listen up. I'm pressed about life. I am unsure. Unsurety is why I am pressed. And let me explain why I'm un- I'm pressed. I'm pressed because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm out here like I like I grew up all my life learning math. I learned science. I know every freaking organism, organelle inside of a cell. I know what the mitochondria do. I know how to spell it. I know what the Golgi apparatus does. I know what a microbe is. I know what uh, 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 chlorophyll is. Okay, seventh grade bag. You feel me? I understand all these things. I know how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. Do the square root and more. Went through all the maths. But my issue is I don't know how to be an adult. Because this is the thing. I'm out here. They say, yeah, go to college. Cool. Join a frat. Yo to the noobs. Graduate. Cool. Go get a job. Okay. I get the job. Now I'm just stuck out here not knowing what I'm doing. 
now, 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 I get the job. I get a little bread. I'm like, okay, I'm breaded up. But now you've been on the job for three years, and it's time to get married. Now what you going to do? I don't know where you're going to live. I don't know where you're going for your honeymoon. I don't know. Like, it's so much I don't know. I literally feel like the last 26 years of my life have been a blur. I don't know. So that's my venting one-on-one. The fact that I literally don't have a clue. I'm unsure about which direction to go. All I do is pray and ask God to just show me something. Let a brother know something. Because I'm just out what's here that, stumbling. What's that uh, song? Like, show me the way. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, bro, it's like I'm just out here. You know what my life feel like? It feel like when you're walking in the dark and you just stub your toe. So you bag up and walk in a different direction and stub your toe again. I feel like I'm constantly stubbing my toe. It's like. I'm learning by trial. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And the fact that I thought my parents knew what they was doing, they didn't know what they was doing. They they just had kids and just was living. And I understand why people just do the best they can on these children. Y'all grow up and be bad, but your parents was just doing the best they could do. And so here we are at age 26, four years from 30, which is crazy. I thought at 18... Bumpy, I thought at 23, by now, I would have had it figured out. I still don't know. And I can't be the only person on the sound of my voice that don't know. No, I'm here with you. No doubt. Like, we just out here just doing stuff. We adulting. We adulting in adult form, but with a children's mind, with a kid's brain. You telling me I got to pay bills? I I ain't had no practice on this. I just started doing this. So you mean to tell me I go to work every day, half my money's gone before I get my check. Then as soon as I get my check, more of it has to be gone before I see a dollar. I'm stumbling. (sighs) Venting 101. Well, I don't know if you want me to vent on my side of this, but uh, I'm I'm with you when you're right, because... Unlike you, I did plan on my entire life at the age of 17. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go to undergrad. I'm going to graduate early. Girl, graduate a year early. And then, boom, that's it. Like, that was at least six years in advance, right? And now, six years later, I'm here. And when I tell you, I'm I- still here, here. <laughs> Here. <laughs> but um when I say I can ask so much, so what are you doing next? Like when, where are you gonna live? And I'm like, I don't know. Stop asking, please. Thanks. I'm already stressing about it. Oh, I don't and, stress. I, don't I mean, I'm why. not like stressing like, oh my gosh, I can't sit still. Like I'm not there, but it's, it is like something that's on my mind, like dang, because I know where I choose to live will affect my future. So it's just like uh, and then, you know, your girl fought. Everybody, I know I ain't, this I'm not stressed about, but like everybody I know, literally, everybody that I know that I consider close to me has found the love of their life in college. Okay. My mom and dad met at Jackson State. My aunt and uncle met at Jackson State. My brother, his fiance, met at Mississippi State. And what did Jessica do? She graduated single. Okay. So I was just like, ooh. 
It's not. I don't really. You gotta I, think about it. It's no, don't let me finish. Like, it was something like I thought. Like, okay, this is like by no means did I go into college saying I got to find my husband here. Like, no, I wasn't thinking that at all. But I was like, you know, happenstance. Maybe it'll happen. And then it did it, and I was like, dang, all right, cool. Now I'm in grad school, and it's just like, dang, girl, like you really don't do nothing, like. Where you go find him? Where does it go? <laughs> like, where I'm a fine buddy at? <laughs> but I'm just like, you know what? I wrote in my prayer box about who, what I needed and sent it up to the big G up there. And I let it go. I was like, we good over here. Because ultimately, I've learned to be happy with being with me. And I've had a great time. That's It'll the most important thing. I feel, I feel like, bro, I feel like the unknown is always nerve-wracking. But to me, my whole life has been unplanned. And I, I, I say that lightly. You're definitely more spontaneous than me. Yeah I, yeah, I say that lightly. Not saying I don't plan out stuff and I don't prepare. But it's like, I'm the type of person. You're okay. not overly preparing. Yeah. I'm the overthinker. Yeah, so like if I, like, I'm the type of person, like, like, let's say I know I'm going on a trip next year. Okay, cool. I'm going to book the room now. Cool. Now. What we're gonna do on this trip, we'll figure it out close to the date. I'm not finna book all these. I'm not doing I you on the other hand, you the type of person well, I know I'm going on a trip in 2030. Let me book the trip, book the rooms, book the events, and have it all paid up by I wouldn't necessarily book the events, but I definitely would like try and figure out okay, what are we doing? Like I don't want to go there and not have a clue what we're doing. I'm not like full blown itinerary, but I'm definitely not like let's just go. And figure it out when we get there. Like I'm a, I'm in between and further towards full itinerary. Yeah, yeah, you definitely itinerary, babe. I, I, I'm more of a let's just kick it and we'll figure out. Like the flow yeah, see, will take us. That just irritates but me. But it works out so much. I'm gonna tell you why I. I'm trying success- to get more towards it. Because it's successful. It, it's not 100. I'm batting 1,000 right now, meaning I'm 100 from 100 yeah, from the free throw line. It's good to plan, too, now. I'm not saying nothing wrong with planning, but but this is what I'm saying. I graduated from from college, right? Okay, I plan to get a job. I didn't get one. I, I got one in August. I graduated in May. Okay, I got the job, and I got it. I didn't know where I was going. I, I applied for, like, 30 jobs a day during COVID. And yeah, and that was also a struggle too. Like you probably wouldn't have to apply for as much if it wasn't yeah. COVID. It was a struggle, and I and it, there were stressors that came on me from having to do that. In which I look back, I learned from it. But now it's like I look when I as I reflect about it, and you know, just praying and just staying faithful, and you know, just not overthinking about stuff. I got the job. My fiance was staying up here at the time, right? And I didn't know if I was gonna live. Three hours away, four. I had offers to move 12, right? And so when I got the one to be next door to her, it was like, dang, you stressing about something you really had control over in the first place. Then I got the job. Then my mom was like, where are you going to live? I'm like, okay, cool. Let's Google some places to search. Search this apartment. I was like, cool. I'm just going to pull up. Came up here on a Friday, signed the lease on Friday, moved in on Saturday. Like It was, like, open. It was hot. But the thing is, it happened so quick. And then it's like, I, I wanted to get a degree, a second degree. And my mom was like, uh, come up here and help me clean out her office. And I was like, okay, cool. Go get me clean off that. 
Lo and behold, she set me up with a meeting with the dean of students. She definitely set you up. I knew it was happening. You did for real? I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. But I didn't. And so I go up there. I get in I the program. Yeah. And I was a terrible test taker. I won't go past no G. What's it? G, G what? GMAT? I won't go oh, past. Oh, GMAT. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm You thought about. I was going to pass the GMAT? I was going to fail that joint. I had been fishing a whole summer. I ain't looked at Is nothing. It GRE. Is it GRE? GRE. Whatever that, whatever that test is to get into uh, grad school, I knew I was going to fail it. But because of, this, because of the vid and the Roro, I was able to not have to take it. I, I got it. I knew I wasn't going to pass. So I was out uh, and I got tricked. So everything, and then mm-hmm. I graduated a year later from that program. So everything works out. But which is why I don't be worried about planning stuff out too much. Like, have you ever just been so broke you didn't have a dollar? And then no, I ain't never been that broke, but no, I've been broke. I've been so broke, I was in the negative. And I was in a oh, negative. Uh, and then this some, is where planning helps. I understand. Let check me out though. I'm gonna just tell you how God worked though. See, this is a testimony right here. What God during COVID? Um I didn't have a dollar. I mean, not a dollar. I got a job and I had to move. My mama would take care of her household, take care of Jessica and her and whatever heck she had going on. And 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 basically didn't have no free cash to be helping me move in. I ain't had no credit. I ain't had none of that. And so a stimulus check hits. Now I get to pay for my housing instantly. And then get to my job, make a couple of bad spending choices. Now I'm down. I'm full-time working, and I got $300. $300 is all I got. But what happened? Bonus check from the job falling. Now I don't, I don't restart. I don't reset. Stuff like that always happened to me so much, which is why I don't trip about the unknown, which is why I don't trip about me not being unsure. But when I think about it, I'm just see all these people around me planning and everything so much. It's like, dang, bro. Why am I not planning? Am I falling behind the curve? But it always works out. It works out every time. And, you know, and that's, that's, I guess that's just how God is. Like, hey, the Bible even say, hey, he if, if he take care of the birds of the air, fish of the sea. Are you not greater than he? Yeah, yeah, I'm greater than him. So that's just why I don't be tripping. I don't be tripping. I, okay, hey, okay. Let's see. So saying everything that you said at this point, Mm-hmm. So being unsure and like, you know, taking on the unknown, how does that impact the risk versus the rewards when it comes to being unsure about something and it's related to the unknown? Uh, Being unsure about something helps you reduce stress. So that's the reward. You don't you you don't stress as much. A lot of times I feel it's, it's kind of like that thing where people say. Would you rather know when you're going to die or how you're going to die? If you knew how you were going to die, you'll always avoid that that thing. If you knew when you was going to die, you'll try to run away from the date. So it, it's almost that thing. Like it, it, The fact that I don't know is protecting me. What you don't know won't hurt you. The risk is sometimes I personally can underplan and don't – I misjudge the significance of this moment or I misjudge this opportunity or how much it takes to do what I'm trying to do. Uh, then that happens. I, 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 but, but it's something I'm willing to live with. 
because I learned from that. It's like, okay, I can plan without stressing because I know God got me, or I could not plan at all and just, you know, like faith without works is good. It's true. It's true thing. It was, you know, so it's like I I will, I will plan knowing it may or may not go through, but whatever the result is, I know God got me. And so that's the that's the end I'll be all I guess. But the risk is jacking everything up because you ain't playing. The reward is not risk, not being stressed out and tripping. Cause when you be stressing, your head hurt, you uh, you can't think clear, you angry with everybody. You really angry at God when you be stressing, like cause you just you ain't you don't really trust Him if you stressing for real. Not saying not saying you can't get up for stuff, but you know. So like moving forward, just not in you can't choose the in between. But would you rather continue not planning or you know going with the flow or planning? Going forward as I am now, mm-hmm. I rather plan. Wow. I'd rather plan just because Okay, so so this is your rebuttal to what you just said, basically. Yeah. I don't plan just because of what I've what I've learned, you know, as an adult so far, which ain't been but five, six years. But what what I've learned, you know, I, I will plan because I feel like I've learned how to control my impulse and control my emotion in situations like that. So like if stuff did get stressful, I realized what my escapes are. My escapes used to be food because I'm a freaking food addict, but I'm working on that, right? So my my escapes are now are working out, fishing, hunting, going on a walk, breathing, praying, being in silence. Those are my escapes now. I feel like if I plan stuff out now, if it don't go to go don't doesn't go as planned, I'm not like pissed. So he's like, well. It's a, it's the old saying, uh, make make tell God your plan. What is it? Make plans and God tell you He is something like that. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like your plans don't matter to God's basically. So like I wouldn't necessarily be beat up about it. Um, but it but then again, it depends on what broke them plan, right? So if a death in the family interrupted the plan, that'll hurt. That's different. But if it's if it's just a plan to go to the beach and it's raining, okay, well, we sit inside and look at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the verdict on my behalf. Um, Like, you know, the statement, like, I think regardless, you plan it either way. And I say that because can you hear me? Because I feel like yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, Okay, I feel like you plan regardless because you know the phrase like if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Like, yeah, I feel like in a way you're planning either way, but we have to find the balance between planning and being okay with change in our plans. Like a plan shouldn't always be a straight line. Like a plan can be jiggy jagged, circular. Like you might have a a final destination you might want to get to. But it might not be as straight of a path as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And with that comes with acceptance of the unknown. So like being okay sitting in a place where it's silent, like you said, like silence is really scary because mm-hmm. when you're in silence, you have nothing but your own thoughts. To you gotta face with. them demons. you, you gotta face yeah, them. like you facing some emotional 
some mental, some spiritual adversity that only you can see. The unknown is not something that's tangible. It's something that hits you so hard, but you'll never see it coming. You know, like it's mm -hmm. not like somebody finna punch you. You can see that hit. You can plan for that hit. The unknown, mm -hmm. you never, you can't expect it. You don't know how hard it's going to hit. All right, can you hear me? Yeah, was that me or you? Because I was no. like, something. Oh, no, that crazy. was me. Something. I hate this freaking Wi-Fi service. It just tripped out. But oh, okay, what I definitely saying? stopped. I stopped talking when it, when it happened. Yeah, I was talking, but I, I think, I think it's just technical issues. But like you said, the the punch you don't see be the one knock you out. Yeah, yeah, and so you gotta have like a foundation and something, and I would it suggest that that be in God, you know, like you got to have your foundation in something where the roots don't move or it don't mm. sway no matter how hard the wind blow, like you're rocking your back and forth, but you can take it because you grounded in something that ain't because moving. I'm grounded in the sauce. <laughs> I'm grounded in the foundation. Hey. Who is the foundation? Jesus Christ. No, facts. I was just reading last night about uh, in Romans, like the, like the vine dresser and stuff like that. Like you can be, cut off but you can be put back if you grounded in god like mm. when i say romans hit different so but if you think yeah. about it it's the truest thing ever you ever see people when they planting plants like they could cut a piece of this plant and go plant that piece of the plant and it grow yeah like you can be like, if you attached you to the source off, you can fall off from the source but don't forget that you can be reattached to it if you find your way back oh Man, yes that's, that's a word but, hey you know what we call that we call that grace Ooh. Grace and mercy. We, we call that mercy. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Ooh, thank yeah. you, Jesus. But that's my verdict on the unknown. Like, take it with, like we said, take it with grace. Take it, take it without fear of it going bad, but also be prepared. Prepare before you need to be prepared is, is the statement that needs to be said. Like, something is going to happen. God's mm -hmm. people will be persecuted. So prepare for the persecution. But when you get in it, don't forget that you prepared for this moment. So mm -hmm. I, I needed that. That's a word. Ooh. Sister, it said, it it Sister Jess, Juror Jess. I needed that word. And you got your black on. Look at <laughs> <God>. <laughs> what is that you, you look like a judge. Yeah. All right, Jessica, I appreciate that. But it's time for me to get you. Let me oh, ask you a question. Why are you pressed? Okay, so I'm pressed because as a woman, as a black woman in America, um, you're either doing too much or you're not doing enough. It's like you can't never, you can't never win here in America. Like you can't win. Social media wants you to be portrayed some way. People that you know want you to be betrayed some way. Co-workers want you to be betrayed some way. Like, it's always, it's never, why can't I be in the middle? Why can't I be cool, calm, and collected and still pop out when I want to pop out? Pop out no, at your party. You know, so, that's that's rare nowadays. Like, because it's either we labeled as too much or too little. But maybe so we're going to name enough. this case. We're going to name this case the Coalition of Doing the Most versus Jessica Leggett. Yeah. All right. So you pressed by the Doing the Most community. Let me ask you this. I want you to get it off your chest. I want you to open up and let us know what's going on. 
Okay. Vent to us, Jessica. Vent to us. What about doing the most to black women? That label has you pressed. Vent to me. Let it out. Okay, so I just feel like from the start of America, since they brought us over here, you feel me? Like, we've been forced to be the, when we've been forced to be the strong woman, now we're too strong. You manly. You know, you need to be more soft. You need to be more gentle. And then after that, it's like, okay, now because we frustrated with how you feel about our presence, we want to make a difference in this world. Now we angry. Anytime we show any type of emotion that ain't, hi, hello, how are you doing? We angry. We the mad black woman. Like, I ain't mad. I just got a resting face. Okay. I'm not mad. <laughs> are you mad? Because if you yeah. wanted me to show you mad, I can get mad. Yeah, and then what? What is that noise? Lord have mercy. Um, it's just a lot. It's it's annoying because it's always like it's always the opposite of what's actually going on. If that makes sense, like if I'm emotional, I'm insecure. If I'm upset or frustrated at something, I have the right to be upset at. I'm an angry black woman. If I work too hard. Um, I don't need a man. She too manly. She need to, you know, she need to soften up. If I'm too soft, oh, she too weak. She don't know how to take care of herself. Like it's always the complete yeah, opposite. She a gold digger. She she yeah. she ain't independent. Like yeah. she has certain standards or she has a qualification system that she won't settle below. Oh, she a gold digger or oh, she too hard. To, she play too hard to get. You know, it's it's just all types of labels. So I I in in that. I appreciate you getting it off your chest, but in that, how can how how can we help you? Uh, and I and I just want to know what's the what's the battle between what where is the fine line, the medium between being strong, independent, uh, strong, independent, uh, self doing, um, 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 smart, intelligent, wealthy. Where's the fine line between all those attributes and being uh, weak, being mad, being angry, being selfish, being too hard? What's the risk to reward in this stigma that black women get also often in America and worldwide, but specifically the American, the African-American, the Afro-American woman? How? What's the risk to reward? What's the fine line? So question number one, what's the fine line? And number two, how can you change your behaviors to lean which way you desire and or to be you and not viewed as one or the other? Okay, so I think the fine line is like someone looking in is actually getting on the inside. Like you need to know a person before. First of all, you shouldn't just be judging people anyway. But there's a there's a fine line between someone living their life and someone needing correction about some of the habits or actions that they're doing because everyone is in a different stage of their life. And just because you know, something don't mean it was taught in somebody else's foundation. The assumptions that some things that are, you know, like, Ooh, like she went, what's she wearing? Like she might not have been taught. Yeah. But let's give people, and this is women, men included, Give people the benefit of the doubt, but in any correction, do it with love. 
like don't know how do you expect somebody to react when you come at them like everything you're doing is wrong and everything i'm gonna tell you is right mm -hmm. like somebody naturally you're gonna get on the defense mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so i think that's the fine line between like making a judgment call on if you should say something or even criticize somebody because you don't know what they've been through where they come from and what their foundation is in life because all all of those factors play a huge deal in how someone behaves and how they portray themselves in this world now as far as a, a woman trying to figure that out like i feel like that's a deep dive into self like you got to figure out what is acceptable for me and that that also comes through the foundation like my foundation is different than some of the girls in my generation which is why i may act a little differently than some of the girls in my generation but yeah. it also it has a play on who were your parents who who was your support system who was correcting you as a kid like because you know everybody say they have their phases or whatever like that's cool you know, have mm -hmm. your phase, I guess. I mean, it's life. You living, right? You're trying to figure out. You work. Everybody is still living life. No, no matter how old you get, no matter how young you are, you still living. If you alive, you live in life. So you learn. It's a process. It's always a process. You never get to this point where you're like, I am the epitome of, of Jessica. Like, this is the best it gets. Mm -hmm. if there's always room for improvement. So, so let, me, let, let me ask you this question. Not to interrupt you. No, nah, go ahead. But let me ask you this question as far as your risk to reward. Let's say you in a dating scene, right? So we finna mm -hmm. get it juicy. We finna get it pop. Let's say you in the, let's say you on a dating scene, you in the market, right? Mm -hmm. And the perception of said woman, not necessarily saying you, yeah, but said woman, woman Y, woman Z, her perception is you got woman, woman Y, her perception is she's a girly girl, she's soft, vulnerable. She's attractive, but she's dumb, but she's not smart, you know. And now you know, we both are in the dating world. Then you got woman uh, Z, mm -hmm. whose perception is she's smart, beautiful, intelligent, but she's too hard. She don't really need a man. And then you got the man to come in, uh, a male, male D, we'll pause. Male, male A, <laughs> male A, you got male A to come in and he has to choose between the two. Both are great quality. Both have all the quality he's looking for in a partner. Right. But which one based off stigmas in, you know, we just go through every day, which one of these women will be the most qualified in his pursuit to love? Um, and not necessarily saying one is better than the other. But the perceptions of different women. Yeah. Okay, so the description you gave, the description you gave for the two women, that's how the world, like that's how they're perceived as people. Right. That's how they perceive amongst the masses. So they perceive that one perceived slow, a okay. little shy, beautiful. The other one's smart, intelligent, strong, independent. Don't need a man. Okay, um, sad to say, I think shy and dumb, even though you know, I don't like using that word, but like, I you think don't like that would that probably word. go. Um, <laughs> I think that would be the choice 
in this situation. And I say this because if unless now it, this depends on the man's personality too, like initially the the hardest one to get is what they'll go for. Right. But when it when he, when a man I'm not gonna say every man, but like in this scenario, like if the man has to work too hard to get her to open up, he'll like, oh she's too hard. Then he'll uh, then he will take on the assumption that has been put on her, mm-hmm. not knowing why she might be a little why more she, why she got why this she shit. might be a little yeah why she might be a little more guarded. And okay. instead of taking that time, he might say, "Man, it's just too hard." Depending. Do on you think day. every woman? Do you think every woman has a soft girl side? I think, I think every person has an emotional side. I think there's just a levels to getting to that for each person, and it's different. Emotion, an emotional person doesn't have to be someone who's just extra lovey dovey or crying or like some like like emotional can still be tough. Like emotional mm-hmm. for a man yeah. looks different sometimes than it does for a woman. Like he might not cry at a movie or he might not express his emotions, but that doesn't mean he's not emotional. He might just okay. show it. His, his love might be shown in a different way. So I think that depends on what it is for that person. Okay. So I got a rebuttal for all of this. Okay, go ahead. Go this ahead. question is going to knock it out the park. Right. Okay. Does every woman okay? Let me say that. Should every woman be required to do 20 credit hours in the soft girl era? 20 credit hours? What is 20 that credit even hours? Mean? Should she be required to take on 21? I'm gonna say 21 credit, like three three credit hour classes. Should she be required to do 21 hours of soft girl era courses? Should she be required? And what if does so, that even mean though, like what is hold on. these I'm, courses? I'm gonna explain. And if so, why? The courses are not necessarily courses, but you always hear women say, "I'm I'm entering my soft girl era." Um, it's all about the soft life for me. Should every woman? I think when a, when women are saying it now, they just mean they're not finna be outside like they used to be. I don't think there's. I think they have. I think social media has labeled soft girl as someone who stay at the house. She watch movies. She don't really go nowhere. She don't be outside like that. Like she just, she just in her own little zone. Like she well, not doing too much. I, she I, not I, searching I, for nobody. That's soft girl era. Soft girl era ain't I'm emotional. I'm okay. attaching to people. I say that. I say this as a rebuttal to why you pressed in the first place, right? Uh, I, I say this to rebuttal the case of the coalition of doing the most versus just collecting, right? I, I, my rebuttal is if we want to, I, I feel not necessarily feel, I ain't, don't come at me, but I just think one way to mitigate the doing the most in Afro American women is to have a soft girl phase, right? You had that soft girl era and you get in tune with the soft side. Now I'm breaking down all these doing the most stigmas. Now, hey, I can say, hey, I've been this way, right? This is how I rock. Not because I don't like being soft, but I just, this is how I rock. You know, I feel like a lot of women don't get the opportunity to play both roles. That's why they all, they get this label of being tough. Like, 
sis, get your nails painted. You don't always have to have your nails short like mine, ready to box. Like you don't have to have that, right? Exactly. Get your toe, get some fresh tips if they still do that. Get your toes white. Uh, but well, what do you think? Should, should women be required in order to break this stigma down of doing the most? Should they be required to enter 21 credit hours of soft girl courses? Okay, this is my thing. I don't think the stigma will be broken, but I do agree that I won't even call it soft girl era. I say your reflection era where you get into know you like mm. you need to get to know you soft and hard, like whatever that might be, like find your balance. If this is you, that's you. If this is you, that's you. But find who you are and stick beside it, you know, like be who you want to be and the best version of you. And that's just I think the stereotypes and the stigma is gonna stick around regardless. Like that's just the world we live in. And I feel like a lot of women, like it takes the right dude to get them to that era. Sometimes and sometimes it's personal. I think it's sometimes vice versa. I think you know, sometimes it takes the right woman to push a man to dig deeper into himself to get right. And I think it's we ain't talking about us. I'm saying in general, uh, it look, uh, yeah, not us. Like, look, 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 look. What they say? The coalition of doing <laughs> the most versus just. I'm just saying. I think in general, sometimes it takes the right person to push you towards something, and sometimes it takes just your own personal reflection through your own traumas and trials in life to say, "Hey, I need to take a step back, and I need to, I need to move in a different way." So, yeah. what is your? If you had to list three things to reduce or to mitigate or to get rid of the stigma of doing the most, black women doing the most, black women being too tough, too hard, too ratchet, black women being, you know, all the derogatory terms. What is your solution? How do we break this down? And I'm going to come with my verdict. But I want to hear from you, a black woman, how can we remove this label? I literally just said, I don't think the label is going to get removed. But, uh, I understand it may not, but let, let's just say we, we piece it together like a puzzle, one piece at a time, a hundred years from now. How can we get rid of the label? Because just think about I it. In a hundred years, people go think black people can swim. Oh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I think a hundred years, people go say black people can swim. All right, go ahead. I think it just takes more open conversation, like starting a conversation, continuing the conversation and getting more perspectives from different women because I can't speak for all women. Um, it's more women other than black people that get labels too. So like it's it's gonna take more than one race, it's gonna take more than one more than one woman, and it's gonna take multiple conversations to get certain stereotypes decreased or at least viewed into a way where maybe I won't put that on you, like providing people the opportunity to show them who they are themselves. Now I feel that I feel that. But how do I take an uninterested male population, especially the ones that the powers that have the power to you know change stuff like this? How can I convince them that this is even important and relevant in the first place? If they don't have an interest, if they don't seek interest, because I'm sitting here from an interested standpoint, right? But how can I get the politician? How can I get the super duper influencer, influential person on social media to change their thoughts? How can I even get them to have a conversation? I have one word for you, and that's representation. Increase representation in each one of these fields where you are required to listen. Dang. 
It's some grass getting cooked. <laughs> so, being that they have to be represented and it's important to representation is important. Like, I even had a conversation with a guy the other day. He was like, uh, I don't understand why people get so upset. He was saying he don't understand why people get so bent out of shape about characters and movies like Disney movies and stuff like that. Why the races are changed. And I was just like, I mean, I ain't really saying nothing. I wasn't really trying to listen to him at first, to be honest. And then he mentioned um, the fact that, you know, pe- people make a big deal about it. Like, you know, it should be the way it was in the cartoon. And I'm like, but that's not the point. The point is the representation. Like, the, the point is this little black girl, this little uh, Latina child gets to see their favorite character look like them. Now I have the ability to do this. Now I'm competent enough to I, I understand my place on earth, meaning they see me, meaning not only do they see me. It's like it's kind of like this. It's, it's like when you when you play sports. Right. And and you let's let's say you lift weights. Right. And you, you lift you lift 100 pounds. Right. And 100 pounds is is, is heavy. Right. And then one day you come to the gym and you lift 125 pounds. Cool. Then you see a guy right next to you lifting 300. It's like, oh, and he, and it's achievable. Like, it's tangible. I can see him doing it. Man, I can do it. Like, and, and it just gives you the ability, the thought to keep working. And, and that's why I was explaining to him, like, just because you, you don't think of it because everybody that looked like you was already there. You already know you can do it. This country was literally built for you to do it, right? But for people that don't have an experience that haven't seen with their own eyes uh, representation, it, it becomes a tangible goal. Like when I be trying to lose weight, I see a boy that was fatter than me and he got abs now. Them abs is attainable, cuz. Buddy was blubbery, but now he in shape. I mean, I'm less blubbery than he was. I know I can get abs. It's just going to take work. It's just going to take consistency and discipline. And I feel like that's where... I guess, far as you, the conversation opens up to others when you say representation. Is grass still being cut? It is, but what was that the verdict or another rebuttal? Because I was... No, 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 that was just me responding to your rebuttal. I just want to see your thoughts on my, my side of the rebuttal. I mean, no, I agree. I literally say representation, so I agree. Yeah, you did. I just kind of... Anyway, the verdict. <laughs> the verdict here. So listen up. Judge Drew, I wish I had a gavel. I don't have none even look like a gavel. I'm but, glad you don't. Yeah. But I got this calculator. The verdict. So. <laughs> now when it break, don't be mad. Okay. He's smacking it. Uh, so I, I guess my verdict for you and the women of the world who are labeled as doing the most uh, in the case of the coalition of doing the most versus Jessica Leggett. The juror J-Leg deems this obtainable this stigma to be removed effective immediately from the premises, this stigma to be put to rest, laid to rest, zipped up, thrown away the key, sunk in the bottom of the ocean that we brought up again. Because black women are deeper, they're stronger, they're more complex than tough, angry, mad, and independent. Mic drop. You know what? Backdrop. I ought to snatch this down. Backdrop. <laughs> it's a backdrop. All right, well, she's getting grass cut. And uh, guys, if you enjoyed this rendition of 
the freaking Mama He Diddy podcast. We want to say thank you for enjoying it. And we hope you did enjoy it. Uh, and if you didn't, let us know. Comment down below. Hey, these episodes shorter. We ain't got to be high. We gave you a hot 45. A hot 44 in count. But anyway, guys, thank you so, 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 so much for bearing with us. If you stay to the end, let us know which verdict you like. Which verdict do you agree with? Which verdict you do not agree with? Which points could be made? Let us know down below. And uh, other than that, it's been your boy, Jake Leg, And it's she's been uh, your girl, Jess. And we'll see you at the Coalition Convention at the conference. Bye.